Welcome to episode 38 of a revival podcast for millennial women. Well, this episode is actually inspired by a term that has been bugging me for quite a while. It's a term that I've heard a million times in a million different contexts. I've heard it in churches and sermons and conversation and books and blogs. And honestly, it's one that I've used myself many, many times. And it's one that now I'm questioning in a new way. And I have been for quite some time at this point. It's the term, the use of the word biblical, as in X is or is not biblical. This is biblical. This is not biblical. Or if someone says, this is what I believe because it's biblical. Well, this term is one that I've heard so many times. I've used so many times, and it's one that now I'm starting to have some concerns about. And I want to voice them here today. So stick around. I promise it'll be worth your while. Let's get started. Hey, Millennial. Welcome to the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women, where you can come as you are, where you are in your faith journey. We're here to explore who God is and what He has to say through studying His words in the Bible. Hi, I'm Catherine Elise, and each week it's my intention to take important, relevant topics, and examine them with you through the lens of God's Word and the good news of Jesus. If you're here for an honest look at Scripture beyond pulling random verses out of context, open to creative ways to connect with the ultimate Creator, and hoping for some good old-fashioned critical thinking about living out your faith, you're in the right place. I mean, as a former history teacher, you know I'm not going to let us off the hook with surface-level application. So grab a cup of coffee, put on your favorite sweats, and download that Bible app. Let's get started with today's topic. God, thank you so much that you are always with us. Thank you that you speak through us, move through us, that the Holy Spirit is within us. That is such a huge gift, Lord. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would be moving now that he would be speaking through me and that he would be stirring in the listeners and that we would all come to a closer understanding of who you are and calling out things that are, are not right and are not representative of you. We love you, Lord, and I thank you for this opportunity to share some thoughts on this and I pray that they would be of you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, today's topic is something, like I said before, that I've been thinking about for many weeks now. It didn't just occur to me, (laughs) but I am seeing it as increasingly problematic the more time that I actually spend thinking and talking about it. And this is probably just because I've been thinking and talking about it, but I have been seeing that term used more and more frequently But that also can just be something that our brains do, where when we become more aware of something, we start seeing it and noticing it more often. So it's probably what it is. But as I said before, I think we need to start questioning the use of the word biblical. And as I've said, I have used this word many times. I probably even use this on the podcast, but now I'm more hesitant to do so. I'm thinking it through more. I'm trying to be more thoughtful. Because I think the way that the term is used, not the term itself, but the way that it's been used can be really problematic. And it doesn't have to just be the word biblical. Sometimes it is a different variation of that. Sometimes people say like, oh, in line with scripture or scriptural or the Bible is clear on this. 
or some other variation of this term that has sort of the same effect of what I'm talking about today. So before I voice my concerns, I want us to just pause for a second. And I first, I want to encourage you to think about the context of when you last heard the word biblical used. Like when did people say something is quote biblical? I'm just going to give you a second to think about it. Okay, that was more than a second. <laughs> I wanted to give you an opportunity to think about it because it might have been recent and it might have been something that you didn't even notice. So it's important to just take a little space to think about it for a second. And look, I think that people actually do use this term very legitimately. They use it as shorthand to say something is in line with the teachings of the Bible, in line with the words of Jesus. And in that context, it makes sense to use that word, okay? I'm not calling for an outlawing of the word biblical, certainly not. But here is actually what I'm concerned about. I don't think people use it that often when they are talking about things that are clearly taught in the Bible. Sometimes, yes, they do, of course. Okay, it's not always. But often, the word is actually used when someone is taking a hard line on something that is actually not 100% clear in the Bible. People don't usually say something is biblical when they're talking about Jesus dying for our sins, because that's a given. It's obviously in the Bible. It goes without saying. Instead, it's used when someone wants to make their controversial claims sound totally correct, totally backed up by scripture. No problems. The end. It's used to sound authoritative, to sound intelligent, to sound right. And that's my concern. Because if something is truly biblical, then that is great. Awesome. But what is the effect of using the word biblical when you're saying something that is not actually clear in scripture? What if there's dispute about the thing that you're talking about? What if very intelligent, highly educated people who are studying in good faith and who genuinely care about the gospel disagree with what someone else says is biblical? What if those people are actually looking at a deeper cultural context? If they're looking into the Greek words in the original Greek that was used, if they're looking at English translations, if they're looking at early church teachings, if they're looking at lots of things, and if their arguments are legitimate and well-reasoned and made with a high regard for scripture, then what are you saying about them? Are their arguments then not biblical just because it's not what you think is right? Does that make your argument biblical and theirs unbiblical? Or if it's flipped and they are the ones telling you and they come from the dominant culture and the dominant stance and they say it's biblical, does that mean that you are unbiblical? That you're going against the word of God? I mean, let's get specific here. The more that I research gender roles, women, the church, 
the more I am seeing complementarians use the word biblical. It comes up a lot, a surprising amount. And as a side note, if you are unsure what complementarians are, you can check out episode 28. I go over the definitions and kind of talk about gender roles a bit there. So check that one out first. I also want to give you some examples of phrases that complementarians use as I'm doing this research. It's not biblical for women to be pastors. It's biblical for men to be the spiritual leaders in the home. Our church only follows biblical teachings and practices. People who believe that do not care about what's biblical. Those are just examples of things that I've seen. And I really suspect in the core of my being that the word biblical is actually being used as a weapon. It's being weaponized. It's being used to legitimize one side, your side, whoever the person is, and delegitimize the other side. It makes one side holy and one side disobedient, bad, incorrect, unbiblical. And that's a weapon. A weapon used to stop people from pursuing their research to silence, to oppress, to put down, to quiet. And that is a weapon. It's a weapon used by people who have traditionally had power and have a difficult time letting go of it and often have a difficult time even seeing how what they are doing is harmful to the other side, is harmful to the people who are also trying to learn what's biblical. I also see this word being used as a defense. It's the phrase, well, my side is biblical, so so what? So you don't have to think critically? You don't have to do the research? You just get to trust whoever told you your side was biblical while you shame the other side? You only look for evidence that confirms your side? You don't bother taking people seriously when they have concerns and have alternative research and have other things that they would like to bring before you. It's a defense. It's my side is biblical, so I don't have to defend myself because that in itself is a defense. It's, an, it's a defense against something that you are saying that makes me feel uncomfortable. That challenges what I have believed for a long time. That forces me to give up some of my own power to make way for what you are saying is true. The final concern that I have is that I think the word is used to sound authoritative. Like if my teaching is biblical, then don't bother questioning it. If I say it's biblical, I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to respond to your arguments I am the holy one. I am the correct one. I don't have to do the work of looking up the research on the topic, of digging deep to check if that's actually what the Bible is saying, if that's actually what the words mean. Because what if they don't mean that? Then what I have been saying is unbiblical, even if it seemed so obvious before that I was right. And so we need to be careful about how we're using this word biblical. 
Are we using it to defend ourselves, myself included? Is, is that what I'm doing? Am I using it to sound authoritative? Am I using it as a weapon against the other side? I think everyone can learn from checking themselves against this. And when you see it being used against you, recognize it. See it for what it is. And if the situation's appropriate, let the person know. Let the person know how their use of the term is affecting you and is affecting their argument. So I have a challenge for you. Who doesn't love a good challenge? And it's this. From now on, or maybe just this week or the next few weeks, whenever it applies to you, when you hear someone saying that something is biblical, I want you to check. Do they use specific passages and convincing hermeneutics to defend their opinion? Or are they simply saying that's what the Bible says without giving any depth of explanation or increasing your understanding? Did they really, really, really prove totally and completely once and for all no dispute that they're right? Or did they just say that they were right? Did they just drop a verse, no explanation? The Bible says this, no other way to interpret or read this verse. It has to be the way that I have always read it. It has to be the way that the church has read it for a long time. It has to be the way my pastor said. It has to be the way my parents said. It has to be the way my friend said, my church said, whatever. Think critically. Think about the world around you. Think about the terms that are being thrown around. And if they pass the test, that's great. It's an appropriate use of the word biblical. But if not, pay attention. So that's a challenge. I also have a word of warning for all of us, myself included. I think as we read, as we research, as we dispute, we need to beware the warnings that are in the Bible. I think we need to beware Paul's words about false teachers. And I think we need to beware Jesus's words to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were the highest religious leaders of his day for Judaism. And he was most harsh with them. Jesus's harshest words were reserved for the Pharisees. The Pharisees were prideful and sure of themselves. They neglected true mercy, true justice, and true faithfulness to God. They were the gatekeepers of God. And they were so sure that they were right. I want to read a passage from Matthew 23. And it's a heavy one, for sure. But I think that this is something that God wants me to share. So I'm going to read it and then share a few more thoughts and then we'll end. Selections from Matthew 23, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces 
and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Skipping down to verse 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. As I said, harsh words, for sure, and they don't apply to every single person who is using the word biblical, certainly. But I think what I really wanted to share from these words is that we need to stay humble. I think we need to stay humble. And it's really hard because it's scary to be wrong and it's scary to question people and it's time consuming to research things ourselves. But let's still be humble. Let's stay dedicated to the words of Jesus and let's admit when we are wrong. Let's listen to multiple perspectives. Let's not also forget that justice and truth are important to God. Let's do the work of figuring out what that is. What is justice? What is truth? And above all, we need to rely on the discernment and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Who knows God's truth? He knows everything. He knows all truth. And also, let's question the gatekeepers. Are they right? Or are they afraid? Lord, thank you so much that you take care of us, that you love us, that you guide us, that the Holy Spirit is alive and moving within us. I pray that you would give us wisdom and discernment, that you would put justice, mercy, and faithfulness in the forefronts of our mind, that we would walk in humility and seek your truth, not needing to be right, but needing to know you more. I pray that you would forgive us for all the times that we have been wrong and prideful about it. And I pray that you would help us to see how people are using the word biblical, including ourselves, how we're using the word biblical in a way that is harmful to other people. God, please help us to do better, to know better, and to grow. And I pray that we would continue to challenge systems that have been in place for a long time, but that you are moving to remove, to crumble, to make new. We love you, Lord, and I pray that you would be with us throughout the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women. If you got something meaningful out of today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews help more women find the show and it helps grow our community. Plus, these reviews help me see how God is using this podcast and that, my friends, blesses me greatly. 
Oh, and be sure to check out the show notes for more ways to connect with me. See you next time.